Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Tales. Today I thought I'd go over some things that have been uh, questioned by many, many listeners and that's some of the terms or a glossary of comic book terms. And I think I kind of glossed over that, for lack of a better word, uh, early on because I assumed that maybe they were well-known and I didn't really want to bore too many people. But if you haven't really read comic books before, some of these terms may be familiar, some of them may not. Uh, in the past, I went over digital versus print comics and things like that. But uh, let's go over some glossary terms. And in a future episode, I'm going to go over... Uh, rating of comic books. I think that's something that also confuses people, but we'll save that for another time. So let's go over the roles and creative roles for comic books. Okay, if you look in the beginning of every comic book or a page or two in, you will find names. And you're saying, okay, writer. Okay, I know what a writer does. A writer writes the, the story. Um, they write the dialogue. They write, you know, basically what happens in the in the uh, episode, episode, the issue. Uh, penciler. This is the person who actually draws the lines. They draw the story uh, that the words uh, are trying to portray. So you, you basically, it's the artist. Then you have an inker. Okay, and the inker inks over the pencils that the penciler drew. Sometimes this is digital. Now, more often than not, it is digital. But sometimes it's, it's with ink. And it depends on who the publisher is. If it's self-published, it may be digital. It may be ink. Maybe literally taking ink or paint um, to make that happen. Uh, that brings you up to colorist. So this is a person that gives the comic book its color. Uh, used to be done with colored ink, but now it's probably more digital in most cases. Uh, then there's the letterer. And the letterer will take the script and place all the dialogue, word balloons, thought bubbles, sound effects, etc. into the comic's intended places. So the writer writes them, but the letterer actually puts them in there. So they write with a certain script, and they they make it all fit. So sometimes the letterer and the writer can be the same person. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes the penciler and the letterer can be the same person. Sometimes they're not. And then there's the editor, and that's the person who decides what's going to be published in a comic book, they check for spelling mistakes, art problems, and also coordinate with other collaborators to make sure that what your the writer is putting in fits with the universe in which they're flowing. So it's not going to say, oh, yeah, by the way, Spider-Man has eight legs, but nowhere else in the universe does Spider-Man have eight legs, and there's been no continuity as to why it is, and he lost those six of those legs, and now you're still writing with eight legs. It just tries to make sure that the whole universe stays consistent to a point. Now that early on in comic books, it was just write whatever. There wasn't a lot of consistency because there wasn't a lot of characters that were continued for any length of time. So it didn't really matter. As universes have developed, such as the Marvel Universe, this has changed and you need to have somebody who coordinates that a little bit better. So you have an editor for each book, then you have an overall editor-in-chief uh, for each company that says, okay, this works, this doesn't, we need to coordinate this. And if you notice, there's dates on those comic books. They're usually four to six months out where these stories have been written, penciled, inked, colored, lettered, and edited months before they're ever published. So those dates don't always match up. But you, don't, you see it on older books a little bit more. So let's go to a comic format. Typically, a comic book is a single issue. Uh, 
20 to 32 pages. And I would say you're probably looking 24 is a normal number of pages. Uh, but they can be up to 100 pages, and that's usually a double-size issue or a special issue or, or something first, something big like that. Um, they're numbered usually in chronological, chronological order, but not always. Um, prestige editions, these are not necessarily written anywhere as prestige editions, but these are usually bigger, 48, 64-page long, thin-spined books like a paperback book a thin paperback book uh you've got digital comics as we've talked about before that you can get online digital first this is something important this is where a comic is released in a digital format then later in print doesn't happen a lot with your major publishers but you do see it with some of the smaller publishers or web comics where they're they'll be put out at a certain period of time every day every week every month and then eventually it'll be collected into a book and that's Typically, where it's a digital first, um, you can have some collections, and we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, trade paperback is five to ten to fifteen. Usually, it's less than ten issues um, relating to a certain topic. It can be the same book as I've said before. It could be different books, so don't get too hung up on this is all Avengers. It might touch the Avengers, but it not be all Avengers comics. Uh, a lot of people collect these because it's a little bit better for storage. You don't have to take as good a care of the paper. It doesn't bind as well. It's more like a paperback book. It really is a paperback book, trade paperback. And they're easier to store on shelves than uh, a normal comic book. A digest, these are collected editions that are smaller in height and length. Uh, the most popular for all-age comics were manga. And I'll get what manga is in a minute. But it it's it's more of like your Donald Duck type of deal or your... Uh, the little the little children's stuff that's it's a it's about the size of a a large note card um, and it's bound in a book and it, it helps it's designed for for different things it's not it's not typical for the comics that we speak about but it is out there uh, hardcover is similar to trade paperback the cover has a thick stock just like a hardcover novel and that's usually collections of more than single issues and trade paperbacks with twelve or more issues so it's a bigger volume and they charge more for it so expect that it's more of a collector's edition type of thing than just a collection um omnibus and these are these happen for characters that have been around, around for a while there's omnibuses for the fantastic four the avengers the x-men spider-man uh they're similar to trade paperbacks but the cover has a very thick stock like a hardcover novel um but these collections can be 25 plus single issues collected uh, sometimes it's an omnibus of uh, just statistics about a, a character or a group of characters. Sometimes it's the collection of of these actual uh, comic books, and it's it's just a larger collection. Uh, and I said hardcover; they're not always hardcover. Most of the time they're hardcover, but not always. Graphic novel, and I've talked about this, I think, a little bit, but it's a fancier term for collected for a collected edition that can be used to describe. Uh, a one graphic novel, original graphic novel, or just a larger story. Um, it's usually a soft cover. Sometimes it's hard cover, but it, it's one longer story. Um, that's just, it's just basically a comic book that's that's bigger. Um, and they, sometimes that they that's just a way for an artist or, or an author 
sorry, a writer to really get out the story they wanted to get without having to spread it out over um, a number of issues or a number of months. So they put it all as one catch-all. Uh, Wolverine Origins is such a graphic novel. Uh, with Batman, it was The Dark Knight Rises. Those were graphic novels. It was just really collecting a bunch of things as one thought. You can think of it as um, a TV series versus a movie based on a TV show. The TV show would be the graphic it would be the the regular series, and the movie would be, you know, the, the graphic novel in that sense. We've talked a little bit about this, and I don't want to get too bogged down. There's called variant covers. They were big in the 90s. They still occur, and it's really some way to reward, um, let's say, Mile High Comics, which is a big distributor out of Denver, will get multiple variant covers as a way to – generate sales they'll, they'll it's a lot of number ones a lot of special issues that they'll have this variant cover sometimes it's anymore you can see them on multiple things they want to give artists a chance to write and they'll print say if they're going to print a hundred thousand they might have four variant covers so they'll give twenty five thousand of each the story inside is exactly the same it's literally just a different cover for that comic book and if there's one you like to collect you do if you like a certain artist you may go searching for that particular uh, variant cover, but for the most part, what you see in the store is the general mainstream cover, and then there's variants that cost different amounts and are a more of a collector item. Uh, there's something called an incentive cover, and it's it's a cover in which the retailer has to order X amount of the cover to redeem, to redeem the variant cover. So the retailer might need to get 10, 25, 50, or even 100 to be able to order the variant, and that means more to the collect to the comic shop than it does to you. But if you go to a very tiny comic shop, you're probably never, never going to get these uh, variant covers in in the store because they may not order enough. So, a hundred of one book in one store is probably a lot, but it's a way for the publisher to get the comic shop to buy more uh, and hopefully sell more. Uh, a zine is self-published and often handmade comic or magazine. So it's really the if you're self-publishing, you've got I got a great story. I got I'm a great artist. I'm going to put this together. You might put out a zine, um, just just a slang term. So let's get into the comic itself. So what's a splash page? A splash page is a panel that consists of an entire page. Makes sense. What's a two-page spread? It's exactly what it is. It's comic book art that spills over into two pages. You'll see a lot of this in fight scenes where the um, artist will take the scene and, and make it bigger because there's more people involved or there's something they want to show. And, um, you know, it may, may be vertical, it may be horizontal. It just depends on how what kind of action they're trying to show. I said we get to this manga. Manga is Japanese comics. Uh, they're read right to left as opposed to left to right like Western comics. And they're really, it, back in the 80s, it would have been a Japanimation type of deal. Uh, the big eyes, the... the um, it's a specific style of Japanese comic, but it is read right to left. So it is a little weird when you first pick one up or you read one digitally. Uh, but you need a certain reader to, to do it well. And most of the comic book, digital comic book readers will handle that at this point, but some are better at it than others. Uh, an anthology. These are comics that contain multiple short stories from multiple creators. And an example would be um, a book called 2000 AD. It's just... This artist's take, this writer's take on something, and we collect it. It's it's just like a, a short anthology you'd see in a novel, uh, short stories written by famous novelists. It's the same type of thing. Zero issue. 
Now, you'll see this occasionally if you start collecting. Even some of the newer books, they'll put out a zero issue. And it doesn't necessarily occur in the continuity. It could be a precursor. It usually says an issue set before issue one that acts as a prelude to the, the main series. But what has happened in the past and probably will happen in the future is sometimes they'll do – they'll be 300 issues into a comic book and they'll put out a zero issue. And it's, it's a precursor to that series – so it's written – it could be written 20 years after the series started, but they put out a zero issue and you're going, whoa, what's this? It's just a way to tell another story as a prequel. You know, Think of it as a movie prequel. Uh, that's the best way to look at it. There's some other terms I just want to give out just so you know. A floppy, it's a slang term for a single-issue comic uh, called, as it used to be, floppy paper you know that it was a newsprint at that that point and indie it's just an independent publisher who publishes comics for a creative team it's it's not marvel or dc it's it's some other things dark horse probably wasn't wouldn't be considered an indie at this point but at one time it was um continuity now this is something you need to be aware of and we talk about this briefly but i think it's important for you to know continuity is where a comic book's narrative has a past which might also be shared within a universe or a vast array of other comic books. So we talked about the editor and then the editor-in-chief. It's trying to make sure that everything fits with what it should fit. Superman doesn't exist in the Marvel Universe except during crossovers and vice versa. But, you know, Batman, or um, sorry, Captain America doesn't exist in the DC Universe except during industry crossovers. So you really got to make sure that it fits. You know, does does uh, something fit with that character or is it so, so out of continuity, meaning it doesn't? it's never been done before, but it's not really – it's meant to be, yeah, you should know what this is, and you don't. So we got to explain it. Retcon, and you'll hear this one a lot more, and I think this is very confusing for new readers. And it stands for retroactive continuity. What's that mean? It's when a past event in a shared universe or a character's past is changed retroactively. So – Captain America, the first run, ended in the late 1940s, and it wasn't he wasn't revived until the 1960s. Well, they retconned Captain America when they revived him by giving all these other people who had played, who had acted as Captain America in the time when the real Captain America, Steve Rogers, was uh, on ice. That's retroactive continuity. They just made it up after the fact instead of a continuous story. So that can be a little confusing for people. Um, it's done sometimes to clean up bad history or to explain things that were no longer really accurate. Uh, how did this person get this power? I've never seen this before. And, oh, yeah, 10 years ago they flew into the sun and came out the other side with something different. You know, it, it's, it's just to advance the story, and it's a writer's cheat um, to make that happen. Crossover. We talked this. I just mentioned this crossover. This one: story elements of two or more comic books come together to create one storyline across multiple titles. We've talked about it in the past, but it's it's when the Avengers show up in the X Men or the X Men show up in the Avengers. It's not a big deal, but it has happens. It's it's to generate more sales of additional books and get customers hopefully comfortable reading another book. That's really what they're trying to do. An event. This has become. We talked about this. One of the big big dark secrets. It's an attempt to generate a large crossover story that is larger scale than normal and could encompass the entire universe or section of the, the universe you're speaking of. Um, they often include more comic book characters from a shared universe coming together. And they, the storyline can, 
but as we said, doesn't always affect ongoing titles for months and sometimes years to come. Nothing ever seems to be permanent in comic book universe, so don't get too too stuck on that. One shot. It's what's a story that contains a single issue? It's a one shot. It doesn't. It fits in somewhat in the continuity, but it's just a single story. It's like it's what comic books used to be when they were first created, uh, where it was here's a story, beginning, middle, end, all in one issue. There's no continuation to the next issue. It doesn't carry on. That's it. Um, back issue. It's exactly what it says. It's a previous issue of a single comic. Back issues are a month or older and behind and not the latest issue. So if you go into a comic book store and you want to buy a back issue, there might still be last month might still be on the shelf. Or you want to buy something from 25 years ago, you're going to have to look and see if they have the back issue. Um, that makes sense, right? Limited series or miniseries. We've talked about this before. It's a comic series that has a set number of issues, sometimes three, sometimes six. It varies. Secret Wars, the first one was 12 issues. The second one was six. So it's just a matter of what it is. Uh, a maxi series is usually longer than 12 issues. It's like a miniseries, except it's longer than 12 issues. Uh, some, some comic series will start out... And they don't sell well, so they'll call them a maxi-series retroactively just to make it seem like, oh, that's what we planned all along. And sometimes they truly are a maxi-series. This is going to last for 15 issues, and that's it. And we know that going in. We set, we set it up that way. Uh, Webcomic or just comics that are published or viewed on the Internet. And that's pretty straightforward. A mini-comic, and that is a comic that is smaller than the conventional comic book size, Generally, these are handmade with a DIY ethos and have small print runs. So this is somebody. This could be an independent publishing. This could be, uh, you know, just somebody wants to write, get a book out. Uh, LCS. You don't hear this that often, but I thought I'd throw it in there. That's an acronym for local comic store or shop. This off, acronym is often used in comics journalism. We don't use it here. I just say comic shop. I don't say local comic shop because obviously it's local. It's your comic shop or it's a place nearby to you. That's why you go there. So it's not that big of a deal, but it's something to be aware of and um, patronize your comic shop. They they exist to, to make the industry bigger. Uh, they don't love digital comics, but if you buy a lot of even Marvel or DC at this point, you can get the, the print copy, read the print copy, or save the print copy if you want to collect it, and you'll get a free digital typically with that. So support your comic book shop uh, by buying the, the print version and then getting the digital version as an add-on for no additional price. I think that's a nice thing to do, so keep that in mind. I think I've gone over everything I can think of. If there's something out there that you guys really want to know more about, I can certainly discuss it further. I thought it was a good time to get some, some glossary terms. I probably should have done this sooner. But if there's anything here that doesn't make sense or you need me to clarify, please let me know. Thank you for listening to Comic Book Tales, uh, part of the Hannah Tree Productions um, network. Uh, again, if you go to thehannahtreeproductions.com, you can see all of our past episodes as well as our other podcasts on this network. You can also uh, buy things through links on the website for, through Amazon. We get a little bit of money. You get the same product for the same price. It works out for everybody. So thank you for joining me. I will talk to you next week, and have a good weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>